0: It's the Not-So-Bon-Voyage podcast, episode 12.
1: On today's episode, taking acid at Disneyland, drinking pee to save a life, a duty-free bag full of vomit, and a crazy update on a missing traveler. Drop a tab
0: and let's go. And then the train got lost.
1: How does the train get lost when it's on rail?
0: I just want to get out there in the wild.
1: Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Ahoy! Ahoy Ahoy there meaties. Welcome back to another episode of the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. It's episode 12. I'm Jules. I'm Christine. And we're excited to be back. We're So excited. We've had a few hindering things this week. Some obstacles. Christine is sick.
1: I'm sick. I hate this. I hate being sick.
0: It's flu season over here in the northern hemisphere.
1: I thought you were going to say in the ship. In the, the not-so-bon voyage ship.
0: Well, when, when someone gets sick on a ship, they need to be quarantined because then everyone gets sick.
1: They also need to eat oranges because
0: scurvy. Scurvy, yes. yes. Well, I don't think you have scurvy.
1: I hope not. You've I just have a cold.
0: You got the cold. Hopefully not the flu.
1: Sorry if my voice sounds like shit. Mm. Sorry, guys. As opposed to... As opposed ah. to the beautiful, angelic voice you get in your ear every week.
0: You'll just hear some sniffles instead.
1: Some little sniff-sniffs. No well, big deal.
0: We're back with another episode. We've done our two Hostel episodes. Amazing.
1: Yes. Hilarious. You guys have some amazing
0: Hostel stories. I know. I really want to give a shout out to our Voyager submissions. We've had a few new ones come in, uh, a couple unrelated to Hostels, a few Hostel-related ones. If you still have Hostel stories to share, keep sending them in. I think at some stage down the track, we'll probably most definitely do a Hostel Horrors Part 3 and beyond. Absolutely. But we're going to take a little break and resume our normal programming, which We're not exactly sure because we don't really have normal programming.
1: Yeah, well, we kind of do. We we do do. our in-the-news stories and then main travel stories. Yeah,
0: there we go. Well, okay, I guess we do. We have a format. We have a format. I mean, if you've been listening since episode one, you know we have a format. It's a little loose at the moment, but it's a format. It's loosey-goosey. It's loosey-goosey, like us, like our travels. Uh, Yep, so we're back to just doing another great episode with some amazing stories about when shit goes wrong on the road. And we've got another couple of crackers today.
1: Yes, both of mine are uh, listener submissions.
0: Oh, we've got a couple of first class voyages here.
1: Yes, we do. Uh,
0: so thanks for that for everybody sending in their submissions. Remember, you can do that on social medias at not so bon voyage or our website not so But let's jump straight into it today because we've got we've got to get you back in bed because Christine's sick. Yes, we do. All right. Let's do it. Okay,
1: so I'm going to start off with my in the news story, which was sent to us from one of our first class voyagers, Rachel Bot or Bat. I'm not sure. Her last name is B A T T, so could go either way. Sorry, Rachel, Uh, but thank you very much for sending us, uh, DMing this, sliding into our DMs on Instagram, this crazy story. I believe Rachel
0: hails from New Zealand, so shout out. Shout out to my not-too-distant neighbor. The Kiwis. The Kiwis. Kiwis. We've got a couple of Kiwi listeners, actually. Oh, sure, Yeah, we had someone guys. else on our Facebook page. Kiwis are loving the podcast.
1: Kiwis. Ka- ka- Would K- they say Kiwis?
0: Ka- oh, <laughs> let's move on. Kiwis? Ki-
1: ki- 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 <laughs> anyway, sorry, guys. <laughs> but thank you so much, Rachel, for sending this in. This story is bananas. So this is a recent in the news story. The headline of the story is Mid-Air Hero, Dr. Sucks 800 milliliters of urine from elderly man to save his life during flight
0: well i've got to learn more
1: it's pretty self-explanatory but
0: i'll go into detail let me guess it wasn't no i'll just let you go i was gonna say something filthy but go on
1: okay i don't want to know what you're gonna say we'll move on so they are on board a flight from Gangzhou, china to new york can we be in Gangzhou? I don't know. Is that even how you pronounce it? I was really going with that "fake it till you make it" situation there. Trying. Okay, to... It sounds
0: very good. Does
1: it sound right? Yeah, I think we've tried. It's to... probably not right.
0: I think in some early episodes we tried to pronounce some Chinese cities, and it's I know we butchered them.
1: Probably Guangzhou or something like that. That sounds good. That sounds good.
0: <laughs> Just to my untrained ear. <laughs>
1: Your untrained ear. I'm pretty sure we've been there in a in a Stop in the over. airport. Yeah. yeah. So we should probably learn how to say it because it's in quite a lot of news stories. Okay. So they're on a flight from China to New York and the flight attendant makes an announcement asking if there's any doctors on board. And apparently an elderly male passenger wasn't able to relieve himself and he was sweating profusely. And they still had six hours to go to New York and they were stressing that this guy was going to be really sick. Luckily for this dude... Like you need to take a piss. He needed to pee. Okay, and he couldn't. It couldn't happen. Why? Well, apparently he has a history of enlarged prostates, so that might have been part of the problem.
0: Mm, Okay, but
1: I've never heard of this. But apparently, it's a it's an issue. It can cause your bladder to rupture.
0: Oh, so you literally just pop? You pop. What happens then? Pee just runs through your body.
1: I imagine you probably get a terrible infection, or you die really quickly. Mm. Either way, it's not good. But lucky for this dude. Um Dude. there was a doctor, there were a couple doctors on board, including Dr. Zhang Hong. Zhang Hong. Oh god, I really should have looked up how to pronounce it. Dr. Hong. I'm Dr. pronouncing Hong. that right because it's H-O-N-G. And I'm yes. pretty sure I know how to pronounce that. So he said that there Dr. was about... Hong a
0: Hong sucks suxa schlong. <laughs> oh my
1: god. He didn't suck his schlong. Jesus. <laughs> he didn't just go with that even okay. I need to explain better. Okay,
0: well, you lined me up with a story that said a doctor, a doctor sucked urine out of another man. So, you <laughs> know, you got to continue.
1: Okay, Dr. Hong did not suck the schlong. Instead, he said there was about All one... All night long. <laughs> cool.
0: All right, go, go, finish, sorry. <laughs> Please let me finish this. You set me up, man.
1: Oh, God, I, yeah. He said there was about one liter of urine in this guy's blocked bladder and that it could rupture. So the guy, the doctor doesn't have any medical equipment with, with him. He instead creates a makeshift catheter using a plastic tube, a syringe, a plastic straw from a juice box.
0: See, what would happen if you got rid of all those plastic straws?
1: Yeah, exactly. They couldn't make catheters. Makeshift.
0: Hashtags: plastic straws save lives. Yeah. I'm the anti- screw the turtles. Screw the turtles. Screw the environment. Plastic straws save lives. Hashtag plastic straws save lives. Kidding, guys. Duh. Relax.
1: And tape. You interrupted me during my list oh, of ingredients. I thought you were and
0: tape, as in that was the rap.
1: <laughs> no, and tape. You interrupted me while I was Sorry. doing my list of ingredients for the makeshift catheter. Okay. And tape is the last one.
0: MacGyver? That's a
1: real MacGyver. He really MacGyvered it. He puts the catheter in the guy's bladder but realizes that the syringe is too thin to extract the urine. So I guess that was the part that was actually going to suck the urine out, the syringe, uh, yep. but it's too thin. So the doctor decides to suck the urine out using the tube and his mouth.
0: Okay. So kind he's- of like <laughs> syph- like siphoning gas? Gas,
1: yeah, exactly. Did he
0: actually have to get the urine in his mouth?
1: He actually had the urine in his oh, mouth.
0: Oh, oh, that makes me feel sick.
1: He sucked it out. Of the um, plastic tube, and proceeded to spit it into an empty wine bottle. Oh, yep. He did this for about thirty-seven minutes.
0: Very precise.
1: And extracted about eight hundred milliliters of urine. Oh, which is even bigger than a wine bottle. Wine standard wine bottle is seven hundred and fifty milliliters. Not
0: that you. Not that
1: I. I mean, doesn't everybody know that? He so he spit it out from this plastics tube into this wine bottle, and saved this guy's life.
0: Basically, wow! What a hero!
1: He said there was no other way to do it, and that quote, "Saving lives is a doctor's instinct."
0: Wow! Well, good insane. on him for just saying, you know, what if I'm going to get a little bit of pee in my mouth <laughs> to save this guy, I'm going to do it.
1: Because he does did have a risk of infection drinking, you know, having somebody's urine in your mouth.
0: Yes, I bet. Yeah, I so, bet that's not a pleasant taste either.
1: I don't think so. And he had to do it for thirty-seven minutes.
0: Oh, slow torture. Oh,
1: that's a long time. But the
0: guy survived.
1: Yes, the guy survived, and all was well. Would you do it? If it would save somebody's life, yes. But I wouldn't know how to do it. But if somebody was like, "You have to suck this pee out, or this guy's gonna die," I'd be like, "Okay, well, fine." Maybe wonder
0: if anybody's. But I would re- drink the
1: wine out of the bottle first. Uh, oh,
0: okay, lucky you finish that. yeah Yeah, drink the wine get shit faced exactly
1: i would be like okay we need a bottle of wine i'm gonna drink that and then i'm gonna spit the pee into the bottle of wine
0: i wonder if anybody's gonna try this one quick i need you to suck my dick it's gonna save my life
1: oh my god i'm sure somebody's tried that before yeah so thank you so much to rachel we're gonna tag her instagram in our show notes Cheers, Rachel. And thank you so much for sending that in.
0: Welcome to first class. Welcome. We're going to have something to reward our first class voyages coming up in the new year. Yeah. Stay tuned if you want to be and it's first. it's not going to be a makeshift catheter. It will not be. It won't be an emergency <laughs> catheter, but it will be something, just a little something to say thank you for listening and for sending in your stories and contributing and being part of the podcast. So if you want to get in on that, get your stories in. Do it. All right. My story moving on is called Trip of a Lifetime. I love it. Du, 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 du. This sounds like a happy story. My story goes back about three... Oh, it's pretty happy. I mean, it's funny. It's, it goes back three months ago to Disneyland in Paris. Paris.
1: Paris. Paris.
0: I was waiting for you to do something. Christine's like, I've been to Paris three times.
1: Um, how many times have I been yeah, to Paris? Okay. Anyway. I think it, three times is correct.
0: Okay. So my story is about a guy... He's 32 years old Swiss guy. He goes to Paris Disneyland with his girlfriend, and they decide to take acid, LSD.
1: So many questionable choices already. Okay. Where are they from?
0: They're from – they're Swiss. They're from Switzerland. Okay, so they don't have –
1: that's their closest Disneyland. Yes. Because otherwise, like, why are you going all the way to Paris and going to Disneyland? Well, I don't think it's that
0: far. Yeah, from Switzerland. They're probably holidaying. Anyway, they go to – so she's 30-ish, he's he's 32. They go to Paris, so they're just a couple of young kids – You know, having a little bit of fun, want to go do something a little wacky. They go to Disneyland and take Acid. Terrifying. This this is on a Friday evening. So they're really committing to a long haul here. So Friday, Acid, they do it. She gives him the Acid, and then the real ride happens. He falls into – I'm not familiar with the Disneyland Paris um, map of the grounds, but there's apparently there's an Adventureland lake. It's got some Peter Pan sort of hook-themed things. Okay. I wonder how
1: similar it is to our Disneyland.
0: No idea. But basically, this guy falls into the Adventureland Lake, oh and god. he doesn't resurface. <gasps> and the girlfriend's looking for him because she hasn't found him, and the park is getting closer to closing for the night, and she can't find where he is after falling into this lake. So she starts to shit herself Oh my here. god. I mean, like, she- he
1: went underwater and didn't pop back up?
0: I don't know. It doesn't really clarify. It doesn't really make sense what happened here. It says he fell into the lake and he didn't resurface.
1: Okay. Well, she was on acid too, he might have been like right behind her the whole time with a chicken leg or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're not exactly sure what happened there, but basically after a few hours, she can't find him after he falls into the lake and she is worried. I'm assuming she's also tripping. That doesn't say how much acid they took, but they. she goes to the Disneyland security to chiefs and things like that. And they jump into action and they start a search party to look for him for hours. For hours they're looking for this guy and they cannot find a single trace of him. There's 10 divers, (gasps) so they're searching the lake, probably thinking, wondering if he's drowned. There's 30 firefighters, 10 policemen, and then uh, 80 Disneyland staff members. Oh, my God. So it's like over 100 people searching for him for hours. It's pretty dark by this stage. They even brought in dogs and they used one of those... You know the thermal cameras they use in the helicopters? yeah. They're trying that. They're searching all the places. They're searching the skull.
1: Is the park closed by this point?
0: It's. I think so. I'm assuming okay. so. So it's closed. Because
1: otherwise, the thermal helicopter, it's like, okay, well, there's 10 million people at Disneyland all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, no. It's,
0: it's nighttime now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's closed. So they searched late into the night, but this guy's trip was far from over. At the crack of dawn, they resumed the search, trying to find him. While they're searching, though, about a mile from the park, A local guy is driving home from work, and he comes across the Swiss tourist. And this is how he sums it up best. He says, in quote, uh, this is a quote from La Parision newspaper. Hmm. I came face to face with a naked man.
1: Oh, my God.
0: He was walking in the middle of the road. He did not have a centimeter of clothes on him, and he was barefoot. (gasps) So, basically after all night they're searching for him the next morning some local guys driving down his street small that's described as a very small quaint street with trees arching over and it's a little suburb town and a mile from the disneyland and he sees this guy absolutely stark naked in the middle of the street
1: this was in the morning so in it was the morning. light out
0: it was light out he stops the car and he's basically like why are you naked and why are you near my house why <laughs> and the guy doesn't fuck it. are you and who the fuck are you the guy didn't speak French, so I'm guessing he's probably Swiss German. Oh. But usually they speak a bit of French. You would think. You would think. Everybody learns French in Europe.
1: Yeah, I learned French in America. Mm,
0: there you go. Mm. But basically they, they're able to work out what happened in English. So they find the common language, the common The tongue.
1: universal language.
0: He had scratches all over his arms and legs and didn't really remember anything. But they eventually sort of understood that he was at Disneyland that he'd taken LSD, but he couldn't remember anything. He couldn't remember the phone number of his girlfriend to call her. Oh, my God. So basically, he was just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> so the local guy found out that basically it wasn't really much of a danger, so he decided to run him home. Uh, he got some clothes from his own house, took him back to Disneyland, dropped him off. And when they found the happy couple together, they were finally re- uh, reunited It was very short-lived because the couple were arrested on narcotics charges.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) What a bummer.
0: So basically, she must have explained to him what happened. I'm sure she wasn't in possession at the time, but she explained that she took it. Mm -hmm. He also did. But they basically were let off with a warning. They didn't, given the ordeal that they went through, the cops didn't really, kind of just said to him, here's a reminder of the laws.
1: Don't take acid at Disneyland. Yeah,
0: so they didn't actually get in trouble. But uh, I just thought it was a hilarious Story. That's crazy,
1: I'm glad he was okay. That would have been that could have gone a really terrible way,
0: yeah, so nobody knows so basically, for the several hours that he went missing overnight, no one knows where he was, no one knows how he got out of the lake, where he went, so assuming that she was also probably tripping, yeah, that she also could have just lost him. yeah, I don't know. He probably came out of the water, realized he was soaking wet, so took his clothes off. Did they find his clothes? I don't know, wow, that's so crazy. He was given a t shirt and some rugby shorts by the local guy oh who found God. him naked. The, late, the guy put him in his car <laughs> <laughs> and realizing he wasn't a threat and it was like, all right, mate, come on. <sighs> Took him back to Disneyland. And yeah, he was reunited with his, with his girlfriend. Oh my And then gosh. shipped off to the police station.
1: That's crazy. And slapped on the
0: wrist. But I thought it was, I've been holding on to that story for a few weeks actually. I thought it was pretty funny.
1: That's a really good one. Wow.
0: Not so bon voyage.
1: Not so bon voyage. Don't take us to Disneyland. Especially if the Small World ride is there, because that ride is terrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah. And actually, one of the newspaper articles was funny. It's like, they did the search. He wasn't on the Peter Pan Skull Island. He wasn't on the... Doo-doo.
1: Did somebody have to ride all the rides to look?
0: That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be fun. You're part of the Disneyland search and rescue team. and You're like, all right, got to go check Matterhorn. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> got to check it again. <laughs> and also, it was funny... In the newspaper report, the La Parisienne, I'm probably I'm pronouncing it like it's Spanish, but they reported that the Disneyland Paris staff really weren't that fussed about the whole ordeal. They said that the surge didn't really disrupt their regular day and they still pulled off a 5K race the same evening. So props what? to Disneyland just for just rocking it and Wait, kicking ass.
1: Wait, a 5K race?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess they had a, a race somewhere around Disneyland.
1: Wow. They're they're a well-oiled machine.
0: Yeah, they're killing it.
1: French Disneyland. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad everybody's safe and okay.
0: And they didn't name the, the couple due to privacy laws, but I thought That's it was nice. funny. We couldn't follow up for an interview. I'm sorry, guys.
1: That would have been funny. I'd love to hear his side of the story. If well, he... I don't
0: think he remembered anything, so.
1: Maybe it'll come back to him. Oh,
0: wait. What was I doing again? <laughs> I was sitting on top of Disney, uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs>
1: You're sitting on top of Disney yeah, Mickey I don't Mouse. Know. Oh, boy. That's oh, boy. a funny story. That's crazy. What a crazy ass story.
0: Yep, that's in the news. Okay, main story. I need to
1: take a sip of tea.
0: Would you like a cup of tea? Yes. Christine has been sick. She's been making me do everything all week. She's incapacitated right now, so she can't talk, so I can just say it freely. Yes, These
1: allegations are false. I have been doing many things around the house.
0: I've been cooking. Jules
1: is cook. He doesn't usually cook. That's why he feels like he's doing so much. I've been cleaning,
0: which I normally do. I have been organizing stuff and I'm just throwing Christine under the bus right now. You're so annoying. Main story time. Okay. Hold on one second. You always let your computer, my computer go went to sleep.
1: This is my main story. I forgot to name it.
0: Oh, what a I'm surprise. It, what a surprise. Sorry, what a surprise.
1: I'm going to call it the travel day from hell. So, which is not very specific.
0: Which so is that's basically, the first line of could, my story. Which could basically be the tagline of our podcast. Yes. That's Ooh. the PG version. Travel
1: day from hell. I like it.
0: Travel day from hell.
1: Mm. But and some things take place over more than a day. That's true. That's Travel true. time from hell. Travel time. Time, time travel. Travelers. Time travel from Hell. From hell. That's time so- Travelers from Hell. That sounds
0: like a really, like, what's it lower than D grade movie? I know D. Like an 80s. Like, like an 80s. Shitty movie. That has a really big cult following now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Time
0: Travelers from Hell. Okay. If you want to make this movie... Hit us up.
1: Somebody please make us a movie poster. Yes. Anybody oh. who has artistic skills, I would love to see a movie poster for Time Travelers time from Time
0: Travelers from Hell. If you give us a movie poster of Time Travelers from Hell, we will post it on our Instagram. Yes, please. And our stories.
1: Send that in. Send that shit in. So this is a travel day from hell, different from Time Travelers from Hell. This is a story that was submitted from our listener and dear friend, Chris Waddell. We have mentioned Chris on the podcast before, and we now know how to pronounce his last name. It's Waddell, like the Dell computer. There you He's go. at C Waddell eighty eight on Instagram. I'll link him on the show notes. He's a really good photographer; amazing. So everybody should go over and give him a follow and check him out. So Chris is traveling through Peru. He's beautiful um, country. Yes, beautiful country where we met. Where we met. We met there, which is makes it even more beautiful. He has just finished up the Lares track, while some of his friends are doing the Inca Trail, which is, if you don't know, it's the trail that leads to Machu Picchu. It's very popular. A lot of people do it. It's like overnight backpacking trail. But Chris is not doing that. He's just done a different track, and he's spending the night in Aguas Calientes, which is the little town right next to Machu Picchu.
0: Stay there, been there. Been
1: there done that. Been there, you ever heard that. of it?
0: Aguas Calientes. Been there, so yeah.
1: Hot hot waters.
0: Hot waters. Waters
1: hot. <laughs> Spanish is so funny. English is so much easier, I think.
0: Hot, what is hot?
1: Hot water. Waters hot. So, he the next day he's going to meet up with his friends in Machu Picchu, but for now they're in Aguas Calientes with this other group and they're in town for dinner and he decides to try alpaca lasagna.
0: I've had that before. You have? Yeah, I had that in Cusco. How was it? Uh, alpaca, from memory, it's a little bit gamey. Makes sense. Yeah, like a lot of the places. And it was fine. I had it, yeah, had it in Cusco.
1: Okay. So, I mean, he's in Peru. Alpaca's everywhere. It's on a lot of menus. Or it's on a few menus. Yeah. And you see alpacas. I mean,
0: it's kind of like, well, there's a lot more kangaroos in Australia, but it's kind of like the equivalent. People right. associate these certain animals With countries, oh, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. Well, you can, actually. We Mm -hmm. personally don't eat a lot of meat. I'd say we're 95% vegetarian, Mm
1: -hmm. with the
0: occasional 5% only ensuring that we eat ethically sourced meat.
1: Yes. But. Except for our once a year McDonald's run. Once a year. Shame. Shame.
0: Shame. Shame. You're not supposed to talk about that, Chris. Sorry.
1: Delete that part of the Cheese podcast, please. Burgers. <laughs> chicken
0: nuggets. Oh, okay, yeah. Now That's I feel only like once a n- year,
1: you guys. Don't judge
0: us. That's fine. Some people eat it every day.
1: Nugfest 2019. Anyway, let's get back to the alpacas. If you don't want know what an alpaca is, if you haven't been to Peru, they are basically like small llamas.
0: Okay. They I have actually s- never knew what the difference was. I thought They're they were different animals. Something. Okay, but they look very similar.
1: They look very similar.
0: They're like a woolly giraffe, but smaller.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of. They have yeah. very long necks. Or a long neck shape. I think most people know what a llama is. Yeah, okay. So it's basically a small llama. Alpacas are, Llamas can weigh up to 400 pounds, and alpacas usually don't get above 190.
0: Oh, okay. So, that's so they're very, in yeah. like
1: the um, featherweight.
0: The featherweight division.
1: Division. And alpacas are the heavyweights. So, mm. <clears throat> alpacas... One of them also has banana-shaped ears.
0: They spit on you. I can't you, remember like which camels. one that is.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Filthy animals. <laughs>
1: no, they're beautiful. They are
0: beautiful. You can see them at Machu Picchu. And, and then they, you can also eat them in Aguas Calientes.
1: And you can also wear... Wait, is that... Wait, yeah, they alpaca. They make yeah, yeah. yeah, You They shear them. And they like make sheep. socks... Like sheep. You're obsessed with sheep.
0: I've said it once today. You said
1: it three times, I believe. Okay. You said it right when we first woke up. You were in my face saying, sheep.
0: No, I wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah, you were. Okay.
1: So they shear the alpacas. They make socks out of them. The fur. They <laughs> shear them. They're not making alpaca socks. Uh, they make socks out of the fur, sweaters. They keep you very warm. Very and nice. And I don't know if it tastes good. Do you? Would you say it tastes good? No, it's all right. I've never had it. But anyway, he orders alpaca lasagna, and you said it tasted pretty good at the time. So they get to bed early, and then planning to get up really early, because Machu Picchu, you want to be there for like sunrise and all that crap.
0: Well, Aguas Calientes is the the closest town to Machu Picchu. And so what you actually need to do is the buses start at a certain time, but if you want to get first in line... So I don't know if it used to be like this. I think they've changed it recently. But what you used to have to do is get up at the crack of dawn, hike to the gates that open to the – it's basically a bunch of switchbacks where the buses go up and down, up, up, switchback, 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 to get to the top where the main entrance is. Or you, what you could do is you could hike to the gates that open before the buses and you could hike straight up it, but it's a grueling hike.
1: This and is – my story so you're doing a great job now I don't have to okay. say all this keep
0: going no no I'm just explaining the situation I'm painting the picture for people so you can wait for the buses to take you up there but you get in the line late but if you want to get up there first and be one of the first people in the gates because sometimes I have limitations on the day you get up early at the crack of dawn and you hike straight up through the switchbacks and I was fifth but anyway let's go
1: oh my gosh okay anyway yes all of that is correct I also did the hike I don't think we got up at sunrise, though. I have no idea why we did that hike, but whatever. So they have heard this night before, they heard that the buses are probably going to be on strike, so they have that in mind. Either way... He goes to bed early and then around 3:30 thir- in the morning he gets food poisoning.
0: Uh-oh. So this
1: is only about an hour before they were planning to start their hiking up.
0: Perfect way to get up nice and early.
1: Yeah, nothing like nature's alarm clock to wake Uh-oh. you up.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm awake and I poop myself.
1: Well, wasn't that kind of food poisoning? He only made it he only just made it to the bathroom. But he doesn't make it quite to the toilet, so he ends up throwing up in the sink. Oh, this was a this is a vomiting food poisoning. Okay,
0: so he f- he probably pooped, but he just didn't want to say it.
1: Mm, I don't know. So I was thinking about the time when I was in Paris and I got really bad food poisoning, and it was just pure vomiting for hours, nothing coming out the other end that's when I was visiting Paul and I ate some dodgy Moroccan food and I was vomiting for literally hours and I was in so much pain. I called my mom long distance and talked to her for like an hour and I'm pretty sure that phone call cost
0: like $200. It would have back in the day as well.
1: This was a while ago. I'm yeah. old, you guys. So I I know how that feels. You literally feel like you're going to die. It's the worst pain ever. It's mm. insanely painful. So he ends up throwing up in the sink and his words to be exact, were filled the sink with last night's lasagna.
0: Okay. So that chunky alpaca is really clogged up the hole straight away and then just fill her up, boys.
1: Exactly. It's created a plug, like if you're going to wash your clothes (laughs) in the sink, and it's just filled up. So he's throwing up for the better part of an hour, feeling the worst ever because it's terrible. So he's feeling like death, but he manages to get his shit together. And uh, decides he's gonna go, you know, to Machu Picchu.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: But he is saying he's thinking he can't leave the bathroom in this kind of mess. Bless his heart. Chris is such a sweet guy. He will not leave the bathroom in a mess. I would have been
0: like, "See ya!"
1: Right? Like a lot of people will probably just leave it for the housekeeping. Leave.
0: But here's, here's 20, 200 twenty two hundred soles. That's a proven, isn't it, Sole? Yes, hmm.
1: two hundred soles.
0: It's probably a bit actually. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember the can't exchange rate.
1: But yeah, I would probably have just thrown a bunch of money on the sink like on not on the throw up, but in the <laughs> if you want it, money. you gotta get it. <laughs> Ew. You gotta
0: earn this tip. Oh
1: my god, that's disgusting. No, Chris, bless his heart, decides he can't leave the bathroom in that state. Uh, also at some point the shower curtain and rail fell down.
0: <laughs> I, oh it's holding on to <laughs> exactly.
1: it. Exactly. So the bathroom was just a straight mess. The vomit won't go down the drain, and he doesn't want to leave it for someone else to clean up. So he uses the glass. You know how hotels leave a glass yeah, yeah, yeah. by the sink? He said, I, I finally found a use for that glass. <laughs> so he didn't specifically say this, but what I'm gathering is that he's filling that glass, scooping up the vomit with the glass, and dumping it in the toilet. Until the sink is empty and flushing it down,
0: kind of like a, a boat that's filling up with water.
1: Yeah, you got to work fast. For you got to work fast. Yeah. So he packs his bags. He deals with the vomit. He packs his bags. Takes rehydration meds, and he finds out that indeed the buses going up to Machu Picchu are on strike. So he has to hike, and as Jules just mentioned, the road has a bunch of switchbacks, but the hiking you're just going straight up.
0: It's pretty straight as well. Yeah. Like it's not a super not impossible, but it's not an easy hike. You basically have to just climb up. Exactly.
1: It's not the worst hike I've ever done, but it's not an easy thing, especially if you've just been throwing up for hours. So At least he
0: wouldn't have to worry about a clogged sink if he was on his way up He just like, go, see you later. Ugh.
1: Well, we'll keep going. <laughs> so he's walking up the hill and he's, you know, obviously dizzy, dehydrated, has to take breaks, is very tired. And they see the buses are starting to run again, but none of the buses will pull over to pick them up. They all are refusing to pull over. So the tour guide they're with sounds like a fucking legend because he puts out rocks in the road and blocks the road so the buses (laughs) have to stop. The buses have to stop. He's put out rocks in the road and blocks the road. That's which such is awesome. a South
0: American thing to do, like a roadblock. We saw that so many times when people were protesting, right? when people were having disagreements. They just put out rocks.
1: But if I was a passenger going up to Machu Picchu and I saw somebody had put out rocks as a roadblock to our bus, I'd be like, "Oh my god, we're definitely about to get robbed." <laughs> but luckily, the bus stop, the bus stops. He gets on. He goes to Machu Picchu. He's back in the game. He does the tour, but he's basically walking around vomiting and trying not to pass out during this tour.
0: Oh, what a delightful experience that must be. I
1: know, just a once in a lifetime.
0: At least he'll never forget Machu Picchu. He
1: is never going to forget. I'm guessing that vomiting all over the world wonder is frowned upon. But luckily, Chris always carries a duty-free bag in his backpack. He said it helps him get extra stuff on the plane if your carry-on is overflowing or overweight. Oh, Which that's a good little tip. Genius! That's that such is a, a smart, very tip.
0: good. So you just put stuff into duty free. Yes. Oh, I love it.
1: Into a duty free bag, and they never are like, "Oh, like what's in your duty free bag?" Or they oh, never weigh that. You know.
0: That's a genius idea. Genius. Okay. Yes. Well done. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking of all the possibilities now.
1: So you could put anything in the duty free bag, but what Chris is putting in the duty free bag is his throw up. <laughs>
0: So he's just periodically <laughs> walking around and vomiting into a duty free bag.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine Fucking you're on like hell. you're you're on a tour. You're with. You're like getting proposed to on Machu Picchu or something.
0: No, oh, sorry, don't mind. And they're usually clear as well, aren't the bags?
1: Um, I don't know. I it's been a while since I bought something from duty free. So he is carrying around this bag and he's throwing up, and I just I feel so bad for him, but it's. A pretty funny image to think about him walking around Machu Picchu on this tour with this duty-free bag full of vomit and just having... What's
0: in the bag? Uh, you really don't want to know. You
1: don't want to look. So he finishes the tour. He's fe- feeling a little bit better, and he throws his vomit bag away. I said vom bag. He forces himself to hike a little bit and enjoy the view. At this point, I would just be like, I'm going to bed. Finally, he gets some lunch. He's starting to feel a little bit better. But Chris, who's having the worst travel day ever, finds out that the trains are also on strike that day.
0: The train going back to Cusco? The str- train going Cusco? back to Cusco, yep. yes.
1: Or going back towards, oh, there's the another other, town. Starts
0: with an O, maybe. Oh, Yeah. 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 I can't remember going away from Aguascalientes. Going
1: away from Aguascalientes, so he has to walk. He has to do the two-hour walk along the track back to this town. I can't yeah. remember. It's definitely something like that. It's something like that. So he's walking two hours along the track, which I actually did that as well. It's a really beautiful walk if you're not don't have food poisoning, and then he has to go to. The, this minivan where they have a six-hour drive back to Cusco, which pretty much sounds to me like the worst part of all of this because a minivan drive six Especially hours. Especially if you're
0: feeling sick.
1: Oh I'm literally getting nauseous just thinking about okay.
0: it. Okay. Olan to t- Oh, yeah.
1: Olan to Nambo. Or-
0: yeah. That yes. is the place. I remember now. Ola- um, I said that wrong, but you know what I'm talking about.
1: I know what you're talking about. It starts with a an no and ends with a Nambo. You can look it up. He makes it to the minivan... He gets a window seat, and he's got his bag on his lap. So this minivan is very full. He reaches over to his opposite pocket to get his phone and pops his shoulder right out of his socket.
0: Oh, I thought his, you was going to say he popped the vomit bag. Oh, no, pocket. the
1: vomit bag's gone. <laughs> These are all separate incidences that have happened on the same wow, day. This is a
0: really trying day. Oh,
1: I would be in tears at this point. So his shoulders popped out of his socket, his... It's popped right out. He calmly tells the person next to him that he dislocated a shoulder, and the person sitting behind them freaks out and decides they need to announce it to the whole
0: bus. Excuse me, everybody, <laughs> this guy's popped out his shoulder.
1: Right, which isn't even like that big of a deal, but everybody's freaking out. Chris is popped
0: out his uh, Oh
1: my god. <laughs> Uh, luckily there was a doctor on board so who
0: sh- could suck the wee out of him exactly. no no it's fine it's just my shoulder no sir it's your bladder I need to suck the urine out of you
1: I need to suck the shlong. no
0: Dr. Shh. Hong I'm fine I promise
1: <laughs> that's not what happened to everybody disregard what he just said there was a doctor on board though and she was able to get it back in.
0: Is there always a doctor on board?
1: There's always a doctor There's on board. There's
0: always a doctor on board. It's all like in going to any situation. Like you could be at a Whole Foods or your Trader Joe's or a Safeway, depending on where you are, Costco or Tesco. I don't know what country you are, what you've got. And just go, is there a doctor? And someone will just pop out from the frozen food section Yes. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. They have
1: their Ben and Jerry's. They're like, oh, I was expecting a quiet night in, but I'm whatever. a doctor of
0: philosophy. No, you know what I mean. You're not I a doctor. I know you have your doctor, but just
1: get back in there. Get back in the freezer.
0: Theorize my popped out shoulder, bitch.
1: Exactly. So the doctor on board was able to get it back in. She got the shoulder popped back in. So she said. Were you expecting it to be a male doctor? No. Okay, just checking. He,
0: and so. You mean it was a nurse?
1: <laughs> uh, it's like that riddle like this doctor yeah. is my just so-
0: this- whatever. I think we've mentioned this before. Yeah. Okay.
1: He ends up getting a sling for the next few days but he's mostly fine, but apparently three people in his group were actually hospitalized from food poisoning during the trip. Oh. Yeah. So comparatively it wasn't that bad. And his travel ta- takeaway is don't order the alpaca lasagna.
0: All right, unless you have a couple of days grace period before doing something.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you want to be hugging the toilet seat for a day. Ugh.
0: Well, Chris, that does sound like a travel day from hell.
1: It really does. Ugh. So sorry, but thank you for sending that in. That awesome was a crazy story. story. That was a
0: great story. Um, I was just, just thinking, one thing I wanted to add as well. So if I want to go back to the taking a duty-free bag onto a plane to carry extra stuff. That is such a good idea.
1: How come we've never thought about this?
0: We actually talked about this recently when we flew down to Mexico last month uh, for our wedding and we brought the wedding bag there. And you can actually, a lot of airline- Wedding dress. Wedding dress.
1: Wedding bag doesn't mean anything. That's not a okay. real word.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not up to date with the wedding term lingo. But Christine had her wedding dress in the wedding bag. Yes. Yes. There you go. Okay. Wedding so dress it is bag. a thing. Okay. Wedding dress bag. And uh, they check it for free.
1: Yes, they do. So we talked about not check it. They put it in. They put
0: it in a little special place that hangs for free. And we were thinking, wow, we could start putting coats and things like that, things that we didn't want to pack. We could put them in a wedding gown thing, and then wherever we're going, we can just say we're getting married. But
1: what if one of the flight attendants sneaks a peek?
0: Well, you lock it so it can't be open. You lock the zip.
1: Oh, that's a good idea.
0: And they say, "Oh, I don't know where the key is."
1: Because it, they both on the way there and on the or on the way there, they asked me. Uh, if they could look at the wedding dress.
0: Sorry, it's, I'm it's, uh, um, superstitious.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Religion,
0: against my religion.
1: Oh, which religion is that?
0: I um, actually can't tell you either.
1: I, it's, that's also against my religion. If you don't know... It's the, Fight Club. If you
0: don't know, you never know.
1: Fight Club is my religion.
0: Yeah. Okay, anyway, moving on. Great travel takeaway and great story. Sorry, Chris, but good story. Yeah. My story is called Long Way From Home. My story is a little bit different. It involves travel... But it also involves a bit of mystery, a bit of hardship, and also an interesting finish. And I'm going to go back and explain more of the travel part of it after I sort of say what happened. So it's less of a revealing story. I love mystery. But uh, This story goes back to our Episode 7, our spooky Halloween episode. Remember I told you the story about the missing tourist Lars Mittank? Yes. Okay, so this – They found uh, him? No. Well, that would be amazing. Uh, spoiler alert, they did not, they have not found him yet. Short summary, episode seven. If you want to listen to it, it's a great episode and it's an incredibly interesting story. It's about a German guy who goes mysteriously, um, he disappears in Bulgaria and still to this day is never found. It's super interesting, very, very weird story. But
1: that was a great story. That was one of my favorites. That
0: was a lot of people's favorites. A lot of people contacted us about that. In that episode, though, I talked about all the various times that, all the various sightings that had occurred, where people thought they'd seen Lars. Do you remember I talked about that? Yes. Okay. So this story is related to one of those sightings and the case of a missing Toronto man from Canada named Anton Pelipa. Mm. This is back in 2012. Anton, with just a clothes on his back, went missing while in Vancouver, Canada. Okay. So Toronto East Coast, uh, Vancouver West Coast. British Columbia, little little side fact. We're going there soon. Little side fact. Little side fact. Little side fact.
1: <laughs> little side fact.
0: Um, so back in 2012, Anton goes missing from Vancouver. Now, at the time, it was suspected that Anton was perhaps suffering from some mental illness, perhaps schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes missing in 2012, and for five years, his family, just like Lars, never gave up hope. Continued to search for him. They used the power of the internet, Facebook groups, Reddit threads everything that they could harness to try and get out there and to try and find him. They'd all but given up hope until one day a random call comes from out of the blue from a Brazilian-Canadian police officer in Manaus, Brazil, which is in the northern Amazon part of the country, who said that she had come across a strange man who looked like a beggar with nothing barefoot, a tank top and some board shorts, Blonde hair, blue eyes, and he just didn't look like he was from that area. Scruffy, very scruffy. The CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and a few other news sources were some of the people to first break this story. The police officer, so she's Canadian-born, Canadian-Brazilian, but Canadian-born. Mm-hmm. She is. She notices this beggar walking on a highway in November in Rondanoa, and she takes him to the hospital in Porto Valho. This is Brazil? This is Brazil. Okay. So she is a Brazilian police officer, but she's Canadian Brazilian. She was actually born in Canada, hmm. which is even bizarre, even more bizarre. Interesting mix, but yeah. But she basically she she finds this guy walking in the highway in late November. They take him to a hospital. He has no identification, so the police jump on Twitter and lo- and hit up some local embassies. They try and find about who this guy is. I'm assuming he's probably on Twitter. <laughs> I know, and Facebook, they tweet out pictures of him and, and post pictures of him, and that's so interesting. Can't they just is?
1: call the embassies and be like, we have? They the they do
0: this. It takes a few weeks. He's got no identification. If it says that he, the family suspected he has some mental health issues, so I'm assuming if he's been off his meds for mm-hmm. a while, mm-hmm. um, then he's probably maybe not, you know, making a lot of sense or whatever. Yeah. But basically, it takes him it takes him a few weeks and a lot of assistance from different international agencies. They're eventually able to identify who they think this guy is. They contact the family just before Christmas in 2017, and they find out that this guy who is wandering aimlessly in Brazil is Anton Pelipa, who went missing in from Vancouver, Canada, ten, over 10,000 kilometers away, Wow! by foot, five years before.
1: What the hell? How the hell did he get all the way down to Brazil?
0: Well, wow, that this is his story and I'm, t- I'm about to tell it. So okay. first of all, okay,
1: so you have the story. I
0: have the story. First of all, is that the most one of the most insane things ever? Yes.
1: That is crazy. That is so far away.
0: So it turns out so the reason this links back to Lars's story is because so there's a lot of missing people I found, a lot of missing tourists, people that have gone missing on trails. It's actually really sad looking into it because there's quite a few people that are still missing and one could only presume that.
1: There are so many people that are missing. Yeah. Yosemite has the most missing people of, all, of any national park. Okay.
0: So I was like, whoa. <laughs> Just <lot."> in general. <laughs> so the way that this story links back to Lars is because while I was researching Lars's story, I was finding all the different times that people had reported missing people or people that they thought looked like Lars. And one of the people was this Anton Palipa who when his photo started going international and people started saying, we found this guy, yeah, also fair features, things like that, kind of a little bit like Lars. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's photo, there was just a photo released of him laying in a hospital bed, scruffy hair, scruffy beard, not a very great picture, so not really sort of able to tell. But that photo went viral as people were trying to identify it, and some people said, oh, is this Lars? People thought of it. Unfortunately, it wasn't Lars,
1: but mm-hmm. fortunately
0: for the Palipa family, it was Anton.
1: That's awesome.
0: So the family, as the family scrambles together the money to fly down, uh, his brother's going to fly down to pick Anton up from the hospital. Anton actually escapes from the hospital.
1: <gasps> oh, and starts no. making
0: his way towards the Amazon
1: <gasps> to try and get away. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: The the Brazilian police are able to stop him. Oh, thank They bring God. him back. So he's obviously maybe a little bit unhinged.
1: How devastating for the family if they got down there and it's like, oh, he escaped.
0: Yeah. So I know you've been waiting for him for five years. We had him. Now he's gone. He just
1: got away. He's very slippery. He's
0: very slippery. So Anton's brother, Stefan, flew down to Brazil immediately to confirm and rescue his brother, who's more than 10,000 kilometers away in the Amazon jungle. Anton's brother told, um, I think it was the Daily Mail, in quote, I was stunned. I told myself he had died, which is probably the only explanation that he would have been able to give himself for his five-year absence. Right. Just, he just thought he would have had to be dead, but he said that he always felt in his heart. He actually says in my heart of hearts. I know Christine hates that saying. It doesn't make any sense. In his heart of hearts, it's like if your heart had a heart.
1: I don't get it. It's, it's meta, Can someone Christine. explain this to me? It's if you meta. can explain it to me, that would be really helpful. I don't understand. Why not just say in my heart?
0: You yeah. only got one. So he explained that he always just felt, though, that he could st- probably still be alive somewhere out there.
1: I'm going to start using that phrase for other body parts. I'm going to be like, "Oh, I have a, I'm sore in my arm of arms."
0: You know what I really think in my brain of brains is that exactly what I see in my eye of eyes.
1: These shoes are really comfy on my feet of feet. Yeah, (laughs) do you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) So many things. So when he left Vancouver, he had little possessions. He had no identification, no passport, no ID, just a clothes on his back. Yet he survived. He's down in Brazil. Wow. He was put back on his meds, I think, and slowly started to retell the story of walking from Canada through at least 10 countries down to Brazil. So he would have had to walk through the US, Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. He would have had to pass the Darien Gap by foot to Colombia.
1: I was going to ask about that because otherwise, unless he hopped on a boat, that's so dangerous.
0: So he would have either had to go... So this this is the crazy part. Well... I shouldn't say crazy because if he is, does have mental health issues, then Mm -hmm. it's not crazy to him, Um, but it's impressive. I will say it's crazily impressive. He left Canada with one mission, to get to the National Library of Buenos Aires in Argentina. Okay. Literally, well, not the furthest point because that's Patagonia, but his plan when he left Vancouver was that he wanted to go to the National Library of Buenos Aires in Argentina.
1: And he couldn't afford a plane ticket or he wanted to walk down there?
0: No idea. Hmm. I think he was also sort of pit as a bit of a nomadic kind of, okay. you know, don't need much, wanderer type thing.
1: Clearly. But that was his goal. How did he eat and drink along the way?
0: So. Water. What I, what I want to know more so, and I couldn't find this information, is how he got down to Argentina because he either went – on the west coast and went through Ecuador, Peru, Chile, or the east and went through Venezuela, Guyana, Brazil. But the map, to both maps I saw that sort of plotted his thing has him going through the Amazon. Now that clearly would not happen.
1: Yeah, that seems very unlikely that you would survive that.
0: I mean, have snakes, you seen spiders. Naked
1: and Afraid? It's I not mean, a, it's
0: not even. Yeah, it's exactly. Everything and is also, out there to kill you. Like, how the fuck would you know where to go? Yeah. There is an article about some famous walker who does all these trips who thinks it's questionable, but I don't know how else he would have got down there.
1: I mean, if you had like an, like navigation equipment and had like plotted a course nothing. and stuff, you As could nothing. probably do that. But yeah, if you don't. like Imagine the big animals that deep in the forest. Yes. They're
0: going to eat you up. So he leaves Vancouver with a goal to get to the Buenos Aires National Library and he says he made it there all the way down to Buenos Aires. And, unfortunately, he could not visit the library because he didn't have any ID.
1: Oh, my God. So
0: next time you forget your ID somewhere and you get knocked back from a bar or from buying booze, I want you to think about Anton Palipa, who walked from Vancouver down to Argentina to go to a library and got knocked back.
1: What the hell? That's crazy.
0: It's like the world's toughest rejection.
1: That would be so sad.
0: Crazy. I'd be like, you're
1: letting me into this fucking library right I'm now. I'm
0: getting in and I'm getting a book. <laughs> yeah. So he turns around and he starts walking back. He turns. Oh, he's going to walk.
1: He's like, oh, I'll just guess I'll just go back and get my ID. All mm-hmm. right. I'll go get I'll it. I'll be back in be uh, back five years. In, yeah. 10 years. 10 years. Yeah.
0: So he goes BRB. east and he, he starts walking through Brazil and he walks all the way through Brazil up towards the north. And that's where he's eventually. Um, I was going to say apprehended. He's not apprehended. He's found, discovered Mm -hmm. by the Canadian-Brazilian police officer. So how insane is that? That That's bananas. He starts walking all the way back up. So he makes it pretty – I mean, Brazil's a long country. He makes it pretty much like almost to the north. So I found a little bit more about his story. He was able to make the trip by – he says he was picking fruit and berries along the way, rummaging through garbage often for food or clothes. He walked a lot, he hitchhiked, he jumped on the back of trucks, He all that sort of stuff. He didn't speak any Spanish or Portuguese.
1: Wow. No Spanish? Oh, nope. my gosh. That's he crazy. He said
0: he met a lot of people, give uh, a lot of giving people along the way that helped him and offered their help, but he also got robbed a number of times for a lot of little things he was able to collect along the way. I mean, a lot of these places can be pretty dangerous as well. Yeah. And he's sticking out like a sore thumb.
1: So he was – Walking and he got around any cross-country borders, immigration checkpoints. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive for that many countries. There's a lot of countries between Canada and Brazil.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, a lot of those ones you could walk between. And if you look like a tourist, you know, you could probably find a way to slip. Coming up the other way into the US is obviously going to be harder. Mm-hmm. But you could probably walk a lot of these places across border. I mean, we've walked across a lot of borders in the past. That's true. And we've, we've we- stopped specifically to get passport stamps because we know that we need to enter the country legally because we need to exit legally, whether we're flying or moving to a different country. But through Central America, we walked across a lot of borders.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'd get a bus to the border town. We'd walk across, then pick up a bus on the other side and keep going. We walked from Mexico into Guatemala, into El Salvador. We walked into Honduras, Nicaragua. Mm. All those places. Yeah. So it's possible. Yeah. I think the most impressive thing is that he passed the Darien Gap. Yeah. And it also says he walked 800 kilometers through the Amazon jungle, which is insane to think that he survived snakes, spiders, jaguars, fucking pythons, caiman.
1: The plants that want to kill
0: you. Every single thing. Oh, the worst thing that happened to him, it says his toenails fell off as he was walking through the Amazon. All of them? All of his toenails. Ew. hmm he was
1: barefoot through this yeah. whole ordeal? He oh had nothing. God.
0: He literally had no- When they found him, he had a singlet, shorts, and that's it. Wow. Five years later.
1: That's crazy.
0: He reported, uh, as said, reported in the Daily Mail, he said, I've never felt alone. It's been a lot of thinking for the years, sleeping in the open. It's very simple to live. We don't need many things. Hmm. He's taken minimalism to another level. mmm he really Marie Kondoed. He really life. he
1: is like none of this sparks joy. None of this
0: sparks joy. This country doesn't spark joy. Goodbye.
1: These toenails do not spark joy.
0: Get rid of them. Yeah. So his brother flew down to collect him. He said he was looking a little worse for wear. Long hair. A little. Yeah, a little worse for wear. Long hair, shabby clothes. You know, all that sort of stuff. But he made it back to Canada. Was reunited with his family. Had yeah. a few legal issues he had to deal with. Couple that. couple things. Yeah. Um, he, he sort of left the country with a couple of things pending. Oh, mm. like what? Oh, uh, there was something about um, an assault charge or something. Oh. I, I don't think it was anything super bad. Okay. But he did have some things mm. pending. But um, so pending. yeah, I'm sure he got, I'm sure he had some assistance uh, for perhaps any mental health issues. Mm. I don't think it's generally speaking a normal thing just to walk out of a country and. It kind of reminds
1: me of Forrest Gump. Remember when he starts running? Yeah, it's like, and why are you just, running? Yeah, and, and he's like, just like,
0: he just starts running. Why not? Yeah. Someone sees him, they're like, he kind of looked like Forrest Gump with the long beard and the hair.
1: Do you, oh, so is there a photo?
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll put a photo up in the show notes. com. Click on the episode, you will find some show note pictures.
1: I look forward to seeing the photo.
0: Yeah. Why are you walking? Mm Mm. going to the library. Yeah, got to get a book. They've only got this one book I want.
1: That's the only place. I'm going to have to look up a picture of this library. Hey,
0: Anton's internet. Ever heard of it?
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: So there you go. So I thought that was an interesting story to tell because although it doesn't conclude our story of Lars Mittank from Episode 7, it has a similar note and it has a tie and I thought it was interesting. I've been wanting to tell this story for a while because I thought, one, it's a crazy travel journey and two, it has a happy ending but three, it's also... Incredibly bizarre.
1: It what what uh, year was Lars and his story? Was
0: Ooh, that 2012? You're gonna make me roll back, roll back, roll back. It was 2014.
1: Okay, so that was five years ago.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, it's possible.
1: It's very possible.
0: I feel bad for Lars's family because this <gasps> would definitely give them added hope. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's very possible that Lars is uh, out there. Absolutely. But yeah, so this guy went missing 2012 was found 2017. So Lars went missing 2014. So it'd be f- 5 years now actually. Yeah. I mean similar timing. You never and know. He was just wondering Mm. I mean, imagine like if he does have mental health issues. They said schizophrenia, which is a pretty intense one. Mm. So if he's having schizophrenic episodes, yeah, I don't know a lot of, a lot about it, but I do know that it's obviously one of the more severe ones. Mm. So if and um, depending on how bad it was, it's quite understandable he would just wander off. Yeah, and but he survived.
1: I'm really happy for him and yeah. his family.
0: I tried to find, I could not find anything as a follow up. I don't think he talked a lot about his journey. Yeah, It was very few articles that detailed uh, – it was hard to find any articles before he'd gone missing, mm-hmm. and most of the articles just detailed the fact that it had been found because it's such an insane story. Like yeah. everything was – every single news report was five-year missing man found, but there was no information. Very few even had information about how he talked about how he was walking and picking fruit and berries. It was very difficult to find.
1: When was he found?
0: 2017. So, yeah.
1: That is crazy.
0: So there you go, another fantastic week in the tales of when shit goes wrong on the road and the not so bumvoish podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Christine, for your input today. Oh, I would like to thank you because I know you're not feeling well today. So. Uh, I feel like crap. I'm going
1: to go to bed after this, but so thank-,
0: thank you for pushing through. We actually got this. Recorded on a Friday today, which is the first time we've done that in ages, which means the podcast is coming out on a Monday. So you should be listening to this on a Monday.
1: TGIF.
0: Or Tuesday if you're in Australia or New Zealand. New Zealand. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you once again to Chris and Rachel for sending in their stories. Keep your Voyager stories coming in. We will tell them periodically as we through. We've got another great episode coming up next week. We're not taking a break for Christmas. We're going to keep rolling through. We love you guys. And anything else, Christine?
1: uh follow us on social media
0: follow us on social media
1: social meds ever heard of it instagram it's this new thing it's awesome go to at not so bon voyage or hashtag not so bon voyage
0: to join in the conversation and as always guys your rates and your reviews keep this podcast going drop us a five star if you're enjoying what you're hearing review the podcast and just say very cool or whatever else you want to say it really does help us keep going, climb the charge, and start to take over and dominate the podcast scene. That's our take goal. Take over the world. Take over the world. That's our goal. All right, goal. guys. Enjoy your break. Have a great time. Stay safe from the road. And if you're not...
1: Make sure you tell us about it. Bye, bitches. And don't get the flu shot because that's why I'm sick. Bye,
0: bitches. Bye.